So I have a funny kid story from Indie Bookstore Day. Mm-hmm. So Izzy, one of our mm-hmm. story time regulars, yes. walks into the store at like a quarter till 11 for what she assumes is going to be regular, regular. Yeah. story time. And it's so funny because kids just tell it like it is. So she came right in, ran up to me. What is everybody doing here? Like, <laughs> like, why was the store crowded? Because you know as well as I do that on Saturdays, we are pretty slow until, until story yeah, time. Yep. And so she was looking around at like all these people, like, what are they doing here? <laughs> and I, being so excited and in such a good mood, was like, Izzy, it's Indie Bookstore Day. And she looked devastated like just this complete look <laughs> and i was like what what what's the matter and she goes it's end of this bookstore you're gonna close forever and i was like no no izzy like it's indie bookstore day independent, independent bookstore, bookstore day. day and she i said what did you think i said and she said i thought you said end of bookstore day <laughs> Which is the saddest and sweetest thing. I know. I can never close the store now. Nope, never. Without throwing a big party just for Izzy. Uh-huh. And she would come. She would. And she would hide from you. And bring and her then, change. And bring her change in a gum container. <laughs> oh, Izzy's the best. Welcome to episode 117 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I am not an independent bookstore, but I had a good time on that day. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. It's over. I'm exhausted. Me too. I don't know what being hungover is like, (laughs) (laughs) but that is what this feels like to me. All right, well, I do know what that's like, and I will tell you it's similar. It's pretty similar. I just feel like I'm walking around like a little bit behind. Mm -hmm. Like there's Mm -hmm. a delay in my thinking because I have not had a chance to recover from a truly awesome Right. Day at the bookshop. It was very, very good. We had events all day, but you and I worked until about eight thirty, and then also immediately went out to, to have fun celebrate. to celebrate with with other with our friends and go us though because yeah. But I mean, I didn't get home till like eleven thirty. Yeah, <laughs> midnight. Well, I don't we, even know what time. You probably got home at eleven thirty, eleven forty-five because we got home at eleven. Right. But I seriously thought it was like 2 a.m. Yeah. Because this is how I function. Like we got out of Liam's and I looked at Jordan when we got back to the bookshop and I was like, we have been out forever. And he's like, Annie, it's been two hours. Like, but it, <laughs> and no, it was so fun. It was great. Um, I responded to a text at like 1130 and the other person was like, isn't it past your bedtime? <laughs> yes. However. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, it was wonderful and super fun to celebrate. And I wrote a little essay about why you need extroverted friends mm-hmm. because they make you do these things that you think you don't want to do. Yeah. And then for the most part, you're glad to have done them. Mm-hmm. And in this case, I mean, there have been times when I have not been glad I have done them. Right. But in this case, I was glad. And it was like a super fun group. Right. And, and you and I are social extroverts. Yeah. Or, nope, no. social introverts. <laughs> we are not extroverts, even a little bit. But we're very social introverts. Yeah. We do like having conversations with people. They just have to be real conversations with people who, who we already know and like. Yes. You and Jordan talked a lot. We did. And that was fun. I want to do that again. <laughs> uh, we should pick that up sometime. 
Well, we are in recovery mode, but today we're going to talk about the books we read. The books we read in the month of April, which was National Poetry Month, and I don't think either of us read any poetry. No. We did, I did read, now I will say I did read like some poems, mm-hmm. but no poetry collections. Right. I did not read a whole book. I read some of Kava Akbar, I read some of Ruth Bauman, I read some of Will, of Will Ferguson. I read some of um, David Kirby, David Kirby, and I went to his reading, yeah. and then I read some poets that I had not heard of at this poetry event we had at the bookshelf. So I do feel like I read some poetry, but not. not you're not going to hear any recaps of that today. No, although by the end of the year. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I don't know if you got my text because you were like already walking up to my porch. Oh, but, probably not. Um, I was like, bring this marvel with you so I can oh. read it today. <laughs> <laughs> I would have. Um, so I will read that. Okay. I'm hoping to read that this week. So that'll be a, a May read. It'll then. be a May read. And that's fine. Yeah. May Day. May Day Miss Marvel. Yeah. I think it'll be perfect. I think so too. Coming off of National Superhero um, Week. Can you hand me your list? I can. Because I can't read it from this vantage because it's written in gold pen. I'm sorry. It's the only <laughs> pen I can find on my... Um, on this table. Um, super fine. We're starting from, from here. here. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Mm, yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Got it. Cool. Um, so the first one we should talk about then is All Grown Up by Jamie Attenberg. Do you recognize, would you recognize this book cover? It's like got these sunglasses on the front. It's a hardback, skinny. Um, I don't think so, but okay. I think of the Rugrats sequel series, <laughs> Rugrats All Grown Up. That's adorable. Yeah. Um, super millennial of you. Uh-huh. Um, so this was a book from, I read this because I had seen it on Book of the Month Club, um, which I frequently try to keep up with what books they're sending out to people. Um, Jamie Attenberg also wrote The Middle Steins, which was really critically acclaimed when it came out a couple years ago. So I this is her new that. one. Yeah. yeah. This is her new one called All Grown Up. I did not love this book. Mm. Um which is probably why you haven't heard me talk about yeah. it. Um, here's what I did love about it. I love the structure. Uh, the protagonist is like this, I don't know, 30-something single woman. And instead of it just being a linear novel, it kind of goes back and forth. It almost reads like short stories mm-hmm. in that um, you're getting little vignettes mm-hmm. of this couple of years in her life and they connect and form a whole yeah and like at the end you have a whole story for sure Mm -hmm. but it's not a linear book and i liked that like i thought that was really unique it's a postmodern novel yeah so i liked that what i didn't like it didn't feel i feel like i have read a lot of books about a single white woman Mm -hmm. but she's okay with being single Mm -hmm. But in the book, she seemed so selfish, and mm-hmm. I couldn't get over it. I do remember you talking about this Be- one. Because I don't... We have talked so many times before. I do not need likable characters. I don't need to root for them. Um, but I like to see growth and development. And by the end of this novel, she was still just as selfish, in my opinion, as mm-hmm. she was at the beginning. And that may be the point. Um so in the book, she has a brother who she adores and a sister-in-law who she adores, and they have a baby who is born with severe disabilities and is not going to live for very long. So I think she's a toddler, um, but the main character does not go visit very often, and she's not very empathetic to what their marriage is going through. And Anyway, it just felt like... Oh, but even if you're single, you can have empathy and you can, like, I don't understand. I hope that's true. (laughs) Like, but it just felt like just because you're single doesn't mean you have to be selfish. Like you're in your mid thirties. Right. 
Mm, we yeah. should be exiting the selfish stage. Mm. I don't know. I hope I, I hope I don't sound holier than thou while saying this book review. I will say the New York Times reviewer loved this book. Okay. The NPR reviewer felt like I did. And um, it sounds a little in the girls vein. Yes. HBO's girls, the yes. Lady Dunham vein. Absolutely. Which I do enjoy. Yes. But dot, also, dot, dot. right. <laughs> so I would love to hear from listeners if they've yeah. read this one. Let us know about this um, one. When I posted the review on Instagram, I think people felt kind of meh about it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel totally alone in my opinions. Again, I never want to come across as you know, I've got to have a character, I don't know, who's perfect or who is selfless and kind and loving. their lesson, but... Right, but, but I do want some growth, and it just felt like that was missing. But I love the structure of it. Jamie Attenberry is clearly a talented writer. Mm-hmm. That was not my issue with this book at all. I just didn't... You had a character issue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to know if I was alone in that. The Reading the NPR review made me feel a little bit better, but I also liked reading the New York mm-hmm. Times review because I know there are going to be people who like this right. one. Um, anyway, it, I think it'd be a good summer book because it's super short. Too. It is very short. It could be a good afternoon beach read. Yeah, for sure. Um, next one was Young Jane Young by Gabrielle. Is that Zevin? Yes. Okay, she wrote... I don't know if this was before... I think this was a year before you started working okay. the bookshelf. Um, the Storied Life of A.J. Fickery. Oh, right, yeah. Uh-huh. Is a book our whole staff read and loved um, because it was about an independent bookstore. Right. That was Gabrielle Zevin's. Okay. I don't know that it was her first book, but it might have been her first book for adults, question mark. Um, this is her new one. Doesn't come out until August. But hooray, finally a rave. Because I feel like it's been a while hooray, since I've loved yeah. one. Um, Young Jane Young is the dumbest book title I've ever heard of. I don't understand why that's the title of this book. I know, sorry. Hot hot take from Annie B. Jones. Sorry, but I just don't understand that as the title of this book. Sure. However, um, it is basically... Actually, I think you might find it entertaining as well. Um, So it is about a young woman who is living in South Florida and becomes an intern for a senator in South Florida. Okay. And they have an affair. Okay. And the book is told from the five female, I think it's five female perspectives post this affair. Um, okay. Like 20 years in the future. Oh. After this affair. And so there's a lot of social commentary here. There's clear tie-ins to the Monica Lewinsky uh-huh. thing. Um, but there's also a lot of social commentary on the repercussions women face after an affair like this versus the men and the political figures in power and just the power structure and struggle and the fact that those in power often don't face the same consequences. This is especially timely reading if you've been following that Alabama governor case at all. Um, But also it's just really funny and I think pretty well written, very quick read, but, and there were a couple of parts that felt a little preachy, like a little on the nose, mm-hmm. but I was okay with it because I was very involved in, like, I was on board. I needed to know what happened to these characters. So it's told from the young woman's perspective, uh, I think 20-ish years in the future, the mother's perspective, the senator's wife's perspective. Mm-hmm. You just get a lot of different viewpoints. And like I said, some pretty timely social commentary, for better or worse, Um, right? I hate that it's timely, but it is. Um, So many things. I think I read it the week um, the news broke about Bill O'Reilly. Oh, so so perfect, yeah. (laughs) So really. Would you kind of think of it as a companion to the hopefuls? Yes. Okay. I definitely think if you liked the hopefuls, you'll like this, because there's still that political Mm -hmm. commentary as well. because the political world is so rich to build a story in, yes. right? Um, I It would shock me if somebody didn't read this and think, 
got to make a yeah got to yeah. make some kind of adaptation. This from might this. get options. Yeah, <laughs> I just feel like it, because it was it read that way too. Like it was not super. I hate to continue to use the word literary. You could make an easy translation from this into television mm-hmm. or into film. Um, the protagonist is somebody you care deeply about. I loved. I don't know. I loved reading this book. Like, thoroughly enjoyed it. And I cannot wait. I think it comes out in August. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned for this one. It's got a super eye-catching cover, almost like Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Mm -hmm. Um, And to me, Where'd You Go, Bernadette is a good comp title as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Well, then let's move on. The next one is The Stars in Our Eyes by Julie Clam? Yes. Okay. With a K. (laughs) Julie Clam with a K. She has written a book. I do not remember the title of it, but it was something about friends... Um, it came out the first year I worked at the bookshelf. Mm -hmm. Um, I had high expectations for that book and wound up not loving it Mm -hmm. and felt the same way about this. Uh. So, however, I will say after I was finished with the ARC, I put it in the free book bucket. Somebody else took it, came back and said that they loved it. Good. So let me just give a caveat or give an explanation that like, you might love this book. Um, I don't think you will. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> but someone might love this book. Somebody might. Um, but the stars in their eyes, I was intrigued because I do love pop culture. I love celebrity. I'm intrigued by it. Oh, okay. I remember this cover now. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is a nonfiction book about why we're obsessed with celebrities. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of personal anecdotes about this woman who is friends with a lot of celebrities. Gotcha. Like B-list celebrities. Gotcha. Um, she is funny, but not Tina Fey, Mindy Kaling funny. Right. So she also did a lot of interviews with people who had had celebrity encounters. Those were super fun, but I did not like to can make I, up a whole book. Like, can I tell you a celebrity encounter that I had? Yes, please do. Once in an airport in California, I urinated next to Vin Diesel. That's the main question. <laughs> <laughs> but I will not ask them on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. Um, anyway, that, that's my celebrity encounter. <laughs> when I was a teenager, um, I picked up a friend who lived in Perry, Florida. And I picked her up in between Tallahassee and Perry. Okay, so there like, is nothing right. there. Um, I can't even remember the name of the little town. My friend could tell me. We were at a gas station and we walked in and there were Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie filming their show. Um, remember Simple when they life. road tripped? Yes. <laughs> to like small Oh my town. goodness. And we saw them but we were too chicken to see anything. Paris Hilton is tall. Yeah, she's very tall. Um, Nicole Richie is not. No, Nicole Richie is not. We were like freaking out we ran back to the car i don't even think i was driving to be fair i think my father like was picking us up like this was a halfway meeting point um we went straight to my house and made t-shirts spring break in tallahassee florida and i saw paris hilton and we like ironed on pictures of paris hilton <laughs> i was super cool in high school anyway so those are our celebrity encounter <laughs> anecdotes which is also what this book is kind of like so if you're intrigued by those <laughs> then the book uh the stars in our eyes might be appealing to you I didn't love it because I'm not sure I love this particular author. Right. I felt very similar to how I felt about her book about friendships. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted more and didn't get more. And are you really the target audience for this? I don't think so. Right. And so, um, if you just want kind of light fluff, something fun to talk about your friend, I mean, to talk with your friends about on the beach, then this might be it because some of the anecdotes are fun. Yeah. Um, 
but that's that's about it for that one. That's good. Okay, well then let's talk about Shadow of the Lions by Christopher Swan. This is another ARC, and this is another one I really enjoyed. Um, so I believe this is going to be his debut novel, okay. and it takes place on a southern boarding school campus, um, all boys boarding, boarding school, and one of the young men goes missing. Like He has an, uh, kind of an argument with his best friend, okay. and he goes missing, and then fast forward mm, 15, 20 years, and the young friend who he had the argument with becomes a teacher at the boarding school oh, okay. and decides to kind of find out what happened to this guy that he was friends with because he ne the guy was never found blah 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 um the front like they've already got a blurb on the front from author ed tarkington oh um, sure yeah who has some fsu connections and he compared it to um goodwill hunting meets mm -hmm. a separate piece. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, separate okay. piece sounded right. So, and then um, Secret History. Cool. So yeah. those were like, that's immediately what sucked me in. Mm -hmm. Loved, I thought it was like a true Southern novel, mm -hmm. like a like he wrote about the South in a real way. Um, I love books set on academic campuses, right. period, the end. So you're already, you've already got me there. There were a couple of, I think I said in my Instagram post about this, there were a couple of pretty bows. What I mean is, some things wrapped up a little weirdly and neatly mm -hmm. where I was like, mm, I wish you'd ended it a little earlier or wish you'd left some things to my imagination. But I think that could be debut novelist stuff. It could be. Yep. Um, and just thoroughly enjoyable read because it had like the suspense mystery element, but it also was just a good book about boarding school. It also kind of reminded me of, did you ever read John Green's looking for Alaska? No, I didn't. Of his books. I think that's the best one. Um, and it takes place on an Alabama boarding school campus. So I feel like there, there are some comparisons to that. This is very much an adult novel, but um, because of the setting, it reminded me of Looking for Alaska. I love this one. I can't wait till it comes out. I can't wait to hand sell it. I know AJ Mueller, if you're listening, this one's for <laughs> this you. This one's for you. <laughs> Do you know when this one comes out? I don't. Okay, I will look it up and it will, it will be in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so this is next one I have read, and I want to talk about The Wanderers by Meg Howery. I know that you did not love it the way that I did initially, but I also think that you've been thinking about it since you finished. Yeah. So I my gut reaction was like 3.5 stars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and mine was probably 4. Yeah. my I love the premise mm -hmm. of this book. Um, and you were the one who sold me on it, mm -hmm. um, because I think you talked about it on a podcast a few episodes yeah, ago. Yeah, I read it as an ARC in February, I think, yeah. or maybe January, and it came out in April, March, end of March. Um, so it's about these three astronauts uh -huh. who are preparing for the first ever mission to Mars, mm -hmm. and they go on a 17-month simulation, mm -hmm. um, super realistic simulation, and the story is told from their perspectives and then from their family's perspectives. Mm -hmm. Each one has a family member. Yeah. Um, and then there's one person from like Mission Control who gets a couple right. chapters too. That's right. Which I didn't really get. Um, so my issue with this was only in pacing. Yeah. I felt like like about halfway through, I really was tempted to text you and be like, "Why do I keep going? Like why?" <laughs> and then it's like I flip the page. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. "Oh, this is why you yeah. keep going." Because <laughs> there's a big mystery element that only comes up about halfway through. Yeah. And I do agree that that could have come in about fifty to seventy-five pages earlier. Yes. So, I, so to me, the pacing was the only thing that was a little bit off. 
Um, I also, much like Shadow of the Lions, I also wanted this one to end a little sooner than mm -hmm. it did. I We've already talked about it in person, but like I think there was a chapter where it could have ended beautifully, mm -hmm. and instead a little more explanation was given yeah. than necessary. Yeah, and it ends with kind of a, a letters home thing. Yeah. Um, but I loved... I don't normally read... This was probably more outside my genre than your genre. Yeah. I mean, because it's not... It's not as science-heavy as, like, The Martian. Right. It was getting a lot of comparisons to Station Eleven, which I did not understand at all. I don't understand I think, the Station and Eleven. And we've talked first. about this, too. I think Station Eleven has just become a byword for sci-fi for people who don't read sci-fi. Yeah. Well, that's um, unfortunate. It is. And, like, well, I'll talk about this when we get to me, but, like, I reread Station Eleven this month, and, like, that's an amazing book. But, but... Right. <laughs> the, I think The Martian is the best, to me, the best comparison. I know it's also the most obvious. It is, but, but, but it, it but really it, it is. But it feels accurate because you've got the personal element where you become attached to these astronauts who are trying right. to do, you know, trying to survive this simulation, um, which is super intense. But then you also have, the, I did think there was, there was a lot of science, especially when um, Helen, the, yeah. the, I don't know if she was the lead astronaut, but she yeah. felt like the lead. I think she was for the flight there, and yes. then not for the flight back in the simulation. The flight there, to me, was what took too long. Yeah, agreed. Um, but but I thought this was very original, mm -hmm. and I hadn't read something like it in a long time. Um, or maybe ever, yeah. me personally. I don't think I've read anything like it. So I think um, I think readers might enjoy this one. Yeah, I, I really do highly recommend this one. Uh, there is one character that I just didn't really get into the way that I got into the other ones, and that's the Russian astronaut's son. Um, mm -hmm. His plot, like, it's it's fine, but it, I, I just don't think it fits in the story that the rest of the book is telling. It didn't, to it's me, a, make sense. It's like a se sexual self-discovery, mm -hmm. teenage boy figuring himself out kind of thing, but, like, I didn't get it. I thought it read well on its own, but it didn't make sense in the context of the book. I think that's true because yeah. like you like I understood uh, if we were reading a book about his family mm -hmm. or something but because all of the family were supposed to be reading their stories in light of the astronauts themselves right that those two characters to me the, that father son was the one I felt least connected to right. because their stories there didn't wasn't seem any, to, there wasn't any conflict yeah it was, yes. it was like my dad's always been supportive of me I'm gonna go do this thing and I know he'll still love me Cool. Right. Great. That's not a good story. Right. Um, yeah. And P.S. Prude speaking. Yeah. There's, super explicit in uh, a couple of parts. There are a couple chapters of that that storyline that are very explicit. Like I was, I was pretty <laughs> shocked. And I, I know I recommended this to a couple customers before I got to that chapter, and I was like, oh well, now I'm gonna feel weird when they come in to buy this. Yeah. Um, because the rest of the book's not like that, then all of a sudden it's, it's just like odd. visceral sexual description. Yes, it's like you said. I think makes sense on its own, but right. in the context just of the story, fit doesn't with the rest fit. of the book. I yeah, that was my big criticism of the book. I think because Meeps, the Helen's daughter character, is like my favorite. Wasn't she I great? I loved her. I kind of wanted to read just about her. I really could have done a novel just about her. Her and, and I, the mission. And the mission control guy. And the mission control guy. <laughs> and I kind of think, I have this intuition that she probably, her first draft was just Helen and Meeps. Oh. And I... then it got changed and she wrote all the rest of it. And I could have just done with Helen and I Meeps. really, I did really enjoy the, um, was it the Japanese? Yeah, astronaut? I liked them a lot too. I liked too. them too. They were interesting. The Russian storyline. Just wasn't that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
one that is interesting all the way through, The Color of Water by Ugh. James McBride. Let's shift gears here a little bit. <laughs> Very different. Have you read this? Um, not all of it, but I know what it is. Okay, so I read it because I um, saw James McBride at Word of South Festival. Right. I've already talked about how incredible that performance right. was in person. Um, but because of that, I was like, okay, I can either read The Good Lord Bird right now, or I can read Which The Color of Water. Pulitzer winner, right? Um, National Book Award, Award winner. National Book Award. And I, want, I still want to read Good Lord Bird. But for timing's sake, I was like, I'm going to read The Color of Water. Mm-hmm. Also, cannot believe I never read it. I think yeah. it came out in 2004. It's Is been it out that a recent? while. Okay, I was thinking 90s. But no, that, it no, came that, out, okay. uh, I think, mid-2000s. Like 2004, 2006, something like that. So post-high school school mm-hmm. list do not understand why this is not on more school yeah, reading lists. No, for real. It, it may be. be other places, mm-hmm. um, but this is my appeal to Thomasville <laughs> educators, if you're listening. Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, this would be a great summer reading book for high school juniors or seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, it is James McBride, McBride's memoir of his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a black father and a white mother. Mm-hmm. His father died when he was very young. His mother remarried another black man. He also passed away. Um, so this story is really about the resilience of his mother and I am reading so many books right now about resilience and overcoming grief Mm -hmm. and you get to see that in her, in her characterization. He all, it's basically a tribute to his mother and I love, I, I love where the title comes from where he asks his mother what color she is and you know, she kind of plays it off, like, because he's getting old enough to be like, hey, we're different. We and, look different. And you're getting mm-hmm. treated differently than I am. They lived in a black neighborhood mm-hmm. in New York, um, and his mother got treated very differently. Mm-hmm. And and then he, you know, she kind of answers him, but also plays it off, and then she he asks her, well, what color is God? And she said, God is the color of water. And I just, oh yeah. my gosh, I no, just love a, it. It's a gorgeous um, Anyway, so it is just... I think it may have been also a National Book Award finalist or winner when it originally came out. And it seems like, and this is probably wrong, but it seems like it was an Oprah Book Club pick at some point. Surely. Right. Um, right. It, That's if what it, I'm thinking. If it wasn't, then it should have been. Um, it's fantastic. It's worth the hype. Um, also, getting to meet him in person mm-hmm. just added something too. Like, he, somebody else who met him that day commented to me, wow, he was just really humble. Mm -hmm. And you can, you see where that comes from. Um, I personally also, we've talked about before, I really like reading real stories of faith, like not stereotypes, but like real flawed, interesting looks at people who believe in a higher power. Uh And she did. And, and how that affected his growing up. And um, how that affected his many siblings. And then in the back, he like lists where all his siblings wound up in part due to the persistence of their mother. Yeah. And gosh, I just, I just loved it so much. It's a lot about education and about growing up black and in a community where you've got a white mom and mm-hmm. what that looks like and how different that it's is. It's already and, just a very interesting story. Yeah. So anyway, fantastically written, no surprise. Um, but if you're like me and you never read that because it didn't come up in your high school or college reading list, then please... Yeah, add that one, please. It's very important. Uh, Next one is Hello Sunshine, and I can't read the name there. Lori Dave, I believe. Yeah. Uh, She wrote 800 Grapes. Do you remember me reading that? Yes, I do. I felt ambivalent about that book. Uh Uh-huh. I thought Hello Sunshine was as cute as the title would suggest. <laughs> so so it's coming out this summer. I got to read the ARC. The cover is super eye-catching. It will be perfect for beach bags. I preferred it to 800 Grapes, though I had a couple of customers who really liked 800 Grapes. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it. Hello Sunshine is about a 
chef, um, a YouTube chef okay. named Sunshine. Okay. Uh, who becomes famous on YouTube and then is set for her own Food Network show when the whole thing comes crashing down. That's a good premise. Yes. Super quirky, funny. This isn't high literature. It's just fun. Uh-huh. And I read it. And found myself actually wanting to return to it in the evenings because I wanted to find out what happened to Sunshine and her life that (laughs) fell apart. Um, She returns home to like this beach community um, to, you know, there's some conflict with her sister and and her community that kind of, um, she kind of left them all behind when she went and became famous on YouTube. And and, uh, you just learn that she's not quite who she says she is. Mm -hmm. Anyway super fun i think it'll make a great summer reading book there's some foodie elements um i just really liked it and so light so right, so right. Very, very light very but you can tell read. that like she doesn't uh, she's not claiming to be anything i mean the, mm-hmm. the title alone <laughs> um That's but really good. enjoyable so hello sunshine that sounds fun. So. Um, the next one we can be brief on because I know we're going to do a Love It or Loathe It yes. um, in the next couple weeks. Um, it's called A Separation mm-hmm. by Kate Kitamura. Yes. So I wanted to just mention that if you're a listener and you want to read the book before uh, we record our Love It or Loathe It episode, I think we're recording mid-May. Um, yeah, I think it's it's three episodes from now. Right. So you've got some time to read it. Um, what that means we'll be doing, doing that episode in about three, four weeks is when it'll run. I picked this one because it has been on my radar for a long time, but I never read it. And like, I think a publisher rep sent me the ARC specifically. And then I just, it just in the holidays got lost. And so the book came out in February. It's about exactly what it sounds like it is about. Um, it is a young, I guess, maybe maybe somebody in their 40s, the marriage has fallen apart. And then her husband goes missing, and mm. she goes to Greece to find her husband, um, or her, her almost ex-husband, as it were. So it's about the separation of a marriage. To me, like, Fates and Furies was about marriage. I think a separation is about the dissolving of a marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it to be deeply discouraging. Oh. <laughs> as a, just as Pretty a married cynical. person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, However, probably pretty realistic. Um, just looking around, <laughs> probably pretty realistic. Really well written, beautiful passages. I have thoughts. I can't we'll wait to share those. those thoughts. But yeah, I'm gonna share them with Hunter and Emily on the podcast. Perfect. So, so tune in in about three weeks for that. Yeah. Um, and then this last one on the list is one that's been getting a lot of buzz. It's a new novel called Rabbit Cake by Annie Hartnett. Related to Josh, I wonder. No. Um, Sindhu knows her. Oh, really? I can ask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm totally curious because, okay, so we picked this as our Stitches and Stories mm-hmm. book. So I, which our, our Stitches and Stories is a book club we host where we knit while we listen to an audiobook. Super fun, by the way. Took off like I had no idea it would yeah. take off. <laughs> People love that um, one. Yeah, they do. And I'm so glad they do. Yeah. And it, get, it makes me knit once a month. So that's really nice. Um... This book is fantastic, and the reason I put it on here is because I'm finishing it today. Like, okay. I have I have one hour left. <laughs> well, technically, it's May, but... <laughs> I know, but I wanted to stick it in here because I can't believe I hadn't read it, and I can't believe that I probably wasn't going to read it mm-hmm. were it not for Stitches and Stories. So this is my plug for Rabbit Cake. Um, I feel like I'm listening to Scout Finch narrate mm. a book. 
Uh, I had no idea because of cover design and whatnot that this is really a southern, not like it takes place. And it sounds like it. Rabbit, Rabbit cake. cake. Did you see the cover though? <laughs> yeah, it's cute. It's super eye-catching, but just not... Because it's about literal rabbit cake. Yeah. Not, I mean, that's what not I like, assumed. Not like made of rabbits. That's disgusting. But like <laughs> like, like an armadillo cake from Steel Magnolias, except right, a rabbit. Right, right. I didn't know that was a thing. Did you? <laughs> no. You're laughing like you might have known that. No, but I, I mean, I didn't think it was a cake made of rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. So anyway, the, the main character uh, is an 11-year-old girl named Elvis. She is the narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, her mother dies while sleepwalking. Oh, I know, took a turn. Uh, so, but that's not a spoiler. That's like immediate. Um, it is darkly funny. Mm-hmm. I have laughed out loud so many times in places where you shouldn't laugh, but like the author clearly wants you to. Right. Um, that's my favorite humor. Something happened on the drive here where, like, oh, <laughs> Elvis is narrating. And the narrator, by the way, is fantastic. So, if you get a chance, it is a good audiobook. Um, so, Elvis is talking and she. She has had some brownies that her sister left out, and she has to get picked up from school because she's stoned. Um, and so, and she doesn't know that she is, right. and so she feels right. awful, right. and she's suspended because she's like the good kid, and her sister is kind of the more troubled child. And then she says, "You know, I didn't know," and it's like kind of a southern accent. I didn't know what drugs, what drugs were, and but I sure did know that if you can, if you eat bath salt, something happens. Like it was just, but it was just this funny. <laughs> like hilarious because she's 11 and she's clearly naive but she's trying to her mother is has died and and she's really into animals it is so funny um i heard it compared to everything i never told you and where'd you go bernadette and i don't know if that's because of the mother daughter play i think much like station 11 where'd you go bernadette has become a by yeah by word for like mother daughter book yeah and that, um, which I don't think is fair, because none no, of these books are like that. No, to me, when I said young Grace, young Jane Young mm-hmm. is a good comp to where'd you go, Bernadette, the, the styles of those right, are the same. Right. Rabbit Cake is not that way to me. Rabbit Cake is, uh, whenever you read a book by like a fascinating, quirky 11-year-old girl, mm-hmm. which I feel like happens fairly regularly, yeah. Scout Finch is the obvious comparison, but... Um, this book is fantastic. Annie Hartnett is a former bookseller. Um, cool. She has a great article about bookselling that I sent to you guys um, because I thought it was that so one, great. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so she's very. I think she's very talented. I can't believe this is a debut. I love it because there's not been like this one climactic moment and then drop. It's just been kind of vignette of things that happened to this family over the 18 month grieving process as elvis's guidance counselor tells her gotcha. you, you have 18 months to grieve your novel. mother yeah grief novel it totally is and it's about then when it, they use the word resilience and i'm also reading option b by cheryl samber anyway i love when it's that great books education yep, yep, yes yep, i love yep, when, when all the things yeah it's amazing so i'm sorry you're right it's cheating because i'm not re- finishing no it but that's today. okay but rabbit cake by annie hartnett what I'll, have you been reading? I'll cheat a little bit too. I um <laughs> I reread Station Eleven. Okay. That's really it. Worth rereading. Um, so worth rereading. Gosh, that book is good, and my students loved it. I I taught oh, it yay. in my class this semester. But I'm in the middle of a YA novel called The Inquisitor's Tale. Oh yay! Um, which I'm loving so far. It um, looks like you. It's up my alley, right? Because it's like. A little bit of a spin on Chaucer, but only in that it's a bunch of people in a bar telling pieces of a story because none of them have the whole thing. Okay. So it's all these different, the different chapters are different narrators and it's like 
telling a leg of the story about these three magical children and their holy dog. And each of them only knows a piece of the story, so then they have to be like, and I don't know what happens next, but then another person shows up and is like, well, I do. And uh, then they tell cool. the next part. Um, and it's really, really funny and good so far, but also like has some blistering social commentary, hmm. um, which I did not expect, and it's really good. <laughs> I wouldn't have expected that either, based, based <clears throat> just on the cover and, and yeah. who they're gearing it toward. Um, one of the other things that's really cool about it is that it has illustrations throughout, but not in the typical pattern of illustration in modern books. It's actually modeled after medieval manuscripts and illumination, okay. so it'll be like decorations in the margin, and sometimes they'll be related to what's happening oh, that's on the neat. page, and sometimes it's just something random. Okay. Um, because there's not really a set reason why people illuminated manuscripts that way. Um, I really like it. I'm only about a quarter of the way through. That does so sound far, like the perfect book for you, though. Yeah, it's a good transition book for me to read something fun and then leap into my dissertation. <laughs> so it'll be it'll be like good, yeah, starting off. Good, point. good um, starting block. Yeah. I guess. yeah, yeah, like Michael Phelps. Yep, that's me, Michael Phelps. <laughs> um, so those are the books we read in April. I cannot believe. Yeah, we were able to tackle so many books because April was nuts. April was crazy in the store. We were always doing things. And also, man, it's the end of the semester for me. I collect all of my research papers this afternoon. So the next week of my life is just grading. I think April and May are just, whew. Like, mm -hmm. they're, I mean, and I think May for, like, parents, like, I think. But April, for whatever reason. I mean, Elliot says April is the cruelest month. It did feel cruel this month. Mm. Cruel but wonderful because Indie Books Today was great. Word of South was great, but it was just a lot. Everything was great. Um, so those are the books we read in May. I would love to know your thoughts on any of those titles. Um, as usual, you can find full episodes of From the Front Porch on iTunes or on our store website. That's www.bookshelfthomasville.com. And when you go to www.bookshelfthomasville.com, you can also click on the shop tab where I will have all of these books available if they are available. If they're not out till August, well, you'll have to wait till then. <laughs> also, some of you may have noticed on Instagram that we have bookshelf branded totes now. They're adorable. They are so cool. I love them. Even Chris reacted. I reacted. I saw them on our Instagram story and I immediately texted Annie in all caps, OMG, the totes look so good. That was so great. It was great. Um, so we don't have quite enough at this moment to stock the online store, but they will be available for you to purchase in the very, very near future. Yeah, give me a couple weeks. Yeah, so give us a couple weeks on that, but we'll have them very soon. I know several of you asked me that this weekend after seeing the um, Instagram story like I did. Um, if you have other questions about the podcast or about anything that we've talked about on it, please let me know at inventory at bookshelfthomasville.com or you can find us on social media at bookshelftville. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next week.